1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Post-match out with chaps for that Millwall podcast where it finished. Birmingham City won. Millwall won. Before the game, if you'd have told me we'd get a point against a side that are unbeaten um, this season... um and could go top of the table if they beat us obviously a good good uh good recruitment window we're talking more about that a little bit later on I, I probably would have taken it um but as the game sort of progressed after about 15-20 minutes I really felt that Birmingham were there for the taking and, and as I sort of reflect I, I actually think um it could have been a missed opportunity for us to go and get another three points but um overall I think a point uh, a piece was probably a fair result and a fair reflection of the game and uh Without further ado, let's let's get into it. So, um, in terms of the lineup that started for us, so um, there was one change from the side that started and beat Stoke. So, uh, Sarkic in goal, um, the defense is where the change was. So, no change on the right hand side. Brooke Norton Cuffey starts down that right hand side. The three centre backs, this time of uh, right to left, Ryan Leonard, Sean Hutchinson, um, and Jake Cooper, and then the changes on the uh, left wing-back position, Joe Bryan uh, out, Murray Wallace in. Joe Bryan, it it concerns me a little bit, to be honest, because that's now, I think it's the second game already that he's missed this season. He doesn't seem fit. He does seem a bit lethargic and a bit passenger at times, and I'm starting to get a little bit concerned on him. But um, Murray Wallace started down the the left-hand side, uh, Billy Mitchell, George Savile uh, kept their places despite Casper uh, Dunor being available, and of course the signing of Alan Campbell, which we'll talk about, and then uh, ZM Fleming uh, behind um, Kevin Nisbet and Tom Bradshaw, so he keeps to the two up top away from home. I think, given the the players available, I think that was probably the right eleven. Um, and uh, I'm just a little bit concerned about the lack of depth potentially down that left-hand side, and now in the centre of the pitch. Sorry, at the centre of defence, which um, of course we'll we'll talk about as part of this video. Um, Birmingham, they've 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 had a huge recruitment drive over the summer with their new owners, and I think there's a lot of optimism. And reading Twitter this week, looking at their forums this week, listening to some of their sort of pre-match predictions. They were very confident going into this game. you know they've started the season well. They've they've, they've signed some really good players. Um, they seem to have a bit more of an identity about them. They're a club full of optimism you know I think they were close to if not selling out their, um, their, their their ground yesterday I know it's a bit of a in a bit of a mid midpoint at the moment in terms of building works but there's a real sense of optimism. Um, and as I say they could have gone top if they'd have beaten us. So that's what I'm saying. Not A point isn't a bad result in the context of that. But in an alternative view, the other piece of context is that they're all still gelling, the players that they've signed. They played an additional game this week. So they played on Tuesday. Five of the players that started yesterday have either started or been involved for a large part of all three games. So they've actually played a game more than us. And the fact that I felt that at times in the second half we looked more leggy than they did is still a problem for me. I still don't think we look fit, and I think if we're fitter, we go on and win that game. Um, but anyway, let's let's get into the game. So um, we uh, the, the, the the game starts off. Um, nothing really happens in the first couple of minutes. I think sort of teams are sort of feeling each other out. Um, there's a lofted ball forward. I think it's is it Cooper. I think it plays it up um sort of bounces down and then Bradshaw sort of takes it uh, takes it off I think from from Nisbet, starts to run towards goal and uh, Kevin Long fouls Bradshaw I think there was a little bit of um, was it even a foul it, it, I I I didn't go yesterday I was um I was actually at a, a wedding and i am doing my best to to watch it so this might be a little bit uh, hit and miss but um the I'm not sure if it was a foul but uh, it's given to us. Um, I think he probably does take... He gets the ball, but then I think he takes Bradshaw after. So Bradshaw, uh, clever play, wins the free kick. And then there's no and Fleming over the free kick. And it's either George several or Kevin Nisbet. Um, so Kevin Nisbet, right-footed, middle of the goal. Um, I think it's just on the D. Um, shoots. Um, and uh, I, was, I was actually listening to the Birmingham commentary. And he it, it, it shoots and all you can hear is, it's in. And it was really weird because from it didn't really look like it was particularly well struck. or anything. It was on target. But for me, the keeper's got to do better there. And obviously, I'm absolutely delighted that he doesn't because we go 1-0 up. Kevin Nisbet's 2-2, two two, full of confidence. That's fantastic. And um, yeah, we're 1-0 we're up away at Birmingham. I think John Ruddy has to do better, as I say. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a really positive start, 1-0 up inside 10 minutes. That's the first time that they've been losing all season. Um and it's uh for them, I guess it's a test of character, and for us it's it's how we how we build on that. And for much of the first half, I, f- I feel like we do. I feel like we are the better side. Um we definitely win the first half, I think. I think that's fair to say. Um, not just from a points perspective, but I think overall performance. And we, we actually score a second goal that's unfortunately disallowed for offside. Um the the goal comes from a corner, so. A second time I've said this this season, a well-worked well, well, well worked corner routine. The ball comes back over uh, for Saville, basically from the left-hand side, a lobbed uh, corner all the way to the opposite edge of the D. Ryan Leonard hits it on the volley. First time. It is a superb strike. Really good technique. And from the camera angle, it flies straight into the net. And... I've got to be honest, I, I, I kind of lost myself for a bit because it was just an unreal strike and it comes up 2-0. I can't really hear the commentary. All the players are celebrating. Um, it seems to take an age to be ruled out for for eventually offside. And the reason it's ruled out for offside is because it actually uh, takes a nick off of Jake Cooper's head, um, who is standing in an offside position. Um, and it is ruled out for off offside. Probably the correct decision um but i've seen those certainly not ruled out um but um a few people have said var was there I, d- I don't really understand that to be honest but um but it's ruled out and it's a shame because i think that would have given us a nice cushion to build on i think things could have turned out very very differently but it wasn't meant to be and i think we we um the first half first 40 45 minutes we're completely in control as i said i felt the team that I saw from Birmingham in the first half was not the team I was expecting to see. I didn't really feel they moved the ball very well. I didn't feel there was much impetus. Um, they had a couple of bright bright players. I think a couple of players I'd want to call out from a Birmingham perspective. One was Keshi Anderson. I thought he was really good for them, as was Buchanan, the, the left-back that they signed from. I think Derby, he looks like a really good good player for them. Um, and I think Bakuna and Sunjic are decent players. I think Bakuna is a bit... Um, He's a bit hit and miss, but he's capable of very, very good things. And I think Sunyic is, is, is a very is a very good player. And um, at times I felt he he bossed certain parts out of midfield. But they've got some good players, Birmingham. But I, I just felt that we we were in control. That's the way I would describe it. We were completely in control in that first half. Um, and I think this is where I go back to, I'm now feeling a little bit disappointed we're not taking all three points. Because if we'd have you know, stepped it up a level, I honestly think we probably could have scored more goals. We didn't really create too many chances in the first half, despite being completely in control. There was a couple of, uh, you know, nearly moments, but nothing really for me to sort of go into any detail on. And then it gets to uh, 45 plus four, uh, I think, as we enter stoppage time. And a bit of a routine ball is put into our box. And um, I'll describe what happened and I'll sort of tell you my perspective on what should have happened. So the ball's put into the box and it's, it's a bit of a nothing ball really, but because of Keshi Anderson, his work rate's fantastic. He's running from the left hand side across the penalty area. And Cooper's just let the ball go. I, I don't know what he's doing, whether he's trying to see it out or whatever, but it's not going to get, it's not going to, it would have rolled out, but because Keshi Anderson's going to get there before the ball goes into touch. Sarkic has to make a split second decision, you know, Cooper should be dealing with that, but he doesn't. So Sarkic has to make a split second decision. The communication, obviously, between the two of them wasn't there. He comes running out. Anderson gets to the ball first and goes down. Uh, Sarkic catches him just, I, I don't I, to be honest, it's the slightest of touches if there is any. It's a soft penalty. What I would say is, if that was the other way around, I'd be screaming for a pen. So, you know, it's one of those things. But the penalty is given. Um, you, you, the, the camera pans to Sarkic's face. Sort of, you can tell he, he feels that like he, he, he's he's messed up. But if I'm honest, don't get me wrong. I think there's there's blame on both of them for communication. I think they need to communicate more. But this doesn't happen if Cooper just deals with it. Just deal with it. Just just get rid of it. I, d- I don't understand what he's doing there. So you know they have a penalty on 45 plus five. Um, Scott Hogan steps up. And obviously, Scott Hogan and Sarkic will know each other. And I think there's a few little mind games uh, before. Uh, and he steps up, and I've got to say, it's a terrible penalty. No, mate, no, I don't want to discredit Sarkic's save. At the end of the day, he gets down low. He gets down quick. He saves it. Um, and it, it's it's he's redeemed himself instantly. Uh, not that he necessarily needed to, but he redeems himself instantly. It's a terrible penalty from Hogan. But equally as important as the save is what Ryan Leonard does next. So the ball bounces back out and it's Sunjic who comes charging in and he's got a tap in. But Leonard, and I haven't seen it back from other angles, they claimed the penalty, so I can't comment. But because it wasn't given, I'm going to say it was an excellent challenge. Leonard gets there just ahead of Sunjic, and is able to, he almost sort of goes through his leg to to, to clear the ball out for a corner. That is as good as the penalty save. Believe you me, that from Ryan Leonard is absolutely superb. And um, it saves another possible tap in. And then pretty much after that, the, uh, the 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 halftime whistle goes. We go in, one nil up away. We've just saved the penalty. To me, it's a case of, right, what do we now do in the second half? Because they um, they were never going to be as bad as they were in the first half. So it's a case of, what do we do? Do we sit back? Um, they're going to come at us. And this is the thing. It's not always a case of us sitting back. They're the home team. You know, they're going to come at us, just like we would if we were one nil down at home. Um I think another key point to note is that um I, I I can't recall the minute, but um I think about midway through the the first half, Sean Hutchinson has to go off with what appears to be a calf injury. I'm really hoping it's not too long because this is this is the this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, we talked a bit about what we needed, and a lot of fans, myself included, felt we needed another centre back. Rowick came out and, and said that. The way I read Rowitt's response was basically him saying, "If I had more budget, I would sign a centre back, but my priorities lie elsewhere." That's the way I kind of interpreted what he said. He wasn't necessarily saying we don't need one, but the budget he has, he would prefer to spend it ultimately on um, on Longman and Campbell, which I'll talk a bit about later on uh, when I talk about when they come onto the pitch eventually. But Hutchinson's out, and and it's a shame because Sean Hutchinson has a superb start to the season. He um. He actually, prior to the Birmingham game, he made the most interceptions out of any player in the championship, uh, and I think he's had a really good start to the season. So to lose him, obviously, don't know how long for. Hopefully, not too long, but these calf injuries could be, and we know he's injury prone, as is Ryan Leonard. And and you start to think that, um, you know, is it is it a big mistake that we've we've not brought in another centre back? Uh, Wes Harding actually comes on um, for Sean Hutchinson into that centre of defence and I was looking forward to seeing him because we haven't really seen him in that defensive role and when I do my player ratings at the end I'll I'll give you my perspective on how I thought Harding did but second half uh, come out and um, the second half is definitely theirs and my biggest frustration before I talk about their goal is this second half piece so We have, um, obviously, we played five league games this season and a cup game. And then, of course, Blackburn last season. So I'm referring to the last seven games. I've not looked any further than that. But the last seven games, we've only won one second half, which is just, there's something in that for me. For me, it appears it's fitness levels. I look at our players and some of them just don't look fit. And that is in the context of the fact that Birmingham have played a game extra than us, and I just, I just, it's not acceptable. I don't know what's going on there, but to me, that is just not good enough. They don't look fit. You know, we we lost the the Blackburn second half, as we all know. Um, we lost. Uh, uh, Middlesbrough is the only one we've won, so obviously we won that one nil away from home. Middlesbrough incidentally haven't won a game all season. Um, Bristol City, we lost that one one nil. Norwich, we lost the second half two one. Reading, I think we lost the second half 2-0. We drew the second half against uh, Stoke. And we lost the second half to Birmingham 1-0. So there is a problem with our second halves. You know, there's there's a theme here. And all I can put it down to is fitness. It's either that or Rowick gets his tactics wrong every second half. Um, And I I don't think it's that. I really don't. I, um, look. We, we've said what we've said on this channel and what people want to say about Railwick, but I think there is no point sitting here and criticizing his style of play anymore because it ain't going to change it. it he is, he is not going to change his style. That style is here to stay. And I don't think he necessarily sets us up any different in the second half to the first half. So to me, actually it's on the players. And if you listen to his post-match, um, uh, interview, he talks about how he, you know, he, he wanted the, the players to sort of kick on and get that second goal. So, um, but anyway, that was my kind of little rant and, you know, I guess another stat to say that we've only won one of the last seven second halves, which is just not good enough. Um, but nonetheless... Um, they they, they equalise on 55, and it's uh, the impressive Jay Stansfield, who they've got on loan from Fulham, who... Um...
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: I understand. I think we did look at him ourselves, but um, he does look a good player, to be fair. Uh, it's a really good finish from him. But the goal does not happen if we do not turn off, to, uh, switch off from a throw-in. So there's about, I think this is about sort of 10, 15 seconds prior to the actual goal itself. But they have a throw-in and it's basics, right? Throw-ins. What always happens is a um, player goes short to pass to, to, to do a one-two with the, the, the throw-in taker, and we just switch off and no one picks him up. I think it's in this bit switches off, and then from there, some some sort of decent play. I think you know uh, Saville hands his man off, and the, and the other defender doesn't pick him up. But none of that happens. And I also feel maybe, and I'm not digging him out, but maybe Sarkic could have done a little bit better. It's not. I don't. It's not any blame to him whatsoever but I think that he's capable of making those saves. Um, it is a good finish. It is in the bottom corner, but it's a tight angle. And maybe the keeper could do better. But for me, the blame is on us switching off from the throw-in. Um, it's a good finish, but it doesn't happen if we just deal with the throw-in. And that's the frustrating thing. Um, I think they warranted a 1-1 draw. There's there's no doubt about it. I think 1-1 was a really fair result. And I think Rowett acknowledged that in the post-match. John Eustis felt that they probably deserved to win it. I don't agree with that. Um I think one-one was a fair result. They had a lot of the ball in the second half, but other than one additional shot, which was from Stansfield again, uh Stansfield some really nice play down the left-hand side, does Billy Mitchell up like a kipper, plays it into the box, it ends up coming back to him, and it's a it's a it's a good shot. And it's a good save from Sarkic actually, because it's hit with some some real power, um, and sort of Sarkic sort of beats it out. Um beats it out of uh, um, out of harm's way. But that was their m- most noticeable chance in the second half. We didn't have too many opportunities. What I would say is we, we put a lot of balls into the box. Um, I think Eustace said after the game, they dealt with 20 uh, set pieces, which is great. It's a vital part of our game. But that's, again, the last two go- two games and two goals that we've scored, both not from open play. Yeah. Um, so that is a is a slight concern at this stage. Um, but um I don't mind set pieces being part of our armory, but not being our only thing. Um that's the only sort of slight concern um with uh with with, with the goals that we scored recently. So w- w- the game finishes one one. Um I think ultimately it's a fair reflection uh of of the way that the game planned out, but you just think that if we'd have really taken it to Birmingham a little bit more if we were fitter, I personally would have liked to have seen Maku come on. Yet it was great to see Danny Mack back on the pitch, Alan Campbell come onto the pitch, John Longman come, um, uh, come onto the pitch. But I think that it's... I don't know. I just think that we... There was an opportunity there for us to, uh, for us for us to go on and get three points. I really, really do. I think that um, Birmingham, given they, they didn't look particularly fit, I felt that it, they were they were there for the taking. Um, but um, yeah, I think um, it is what it is. Um, and we, we, you know, we go into the international break with two wins, two losses, and a draw. It's, it's a very. Uh, middle of the road start. I don't think it's a start we'd have loved, but uh, it doesn't turn out to be the worst start in, in in the world. What I would say is I think we will get better as we get fitter. I think the players need to be working very hard on their fitness levels so over the international break and not taking it as a break. Um, if we do that and we can gel some of the, the newer players back into the group, obviously Hutch's injury, maybe it's timed nicely so that he can come back into the group. Um, So who knows, Uh, you know, I, I, but what I would say is a lot of clubs are going to be saying the same thing. You know, you've got Birmingham who have signed sort of 13 players, Stoke have had a, you know, a, a strong window, Hull have had a good window, Sunderland have got new players, Preston, top of the league, they've had a decent window. So a lot of clubs will be thinking the same thing. And what I would say is, is that there are teams like Hull, like Stoke, that finished below us last season that have had really good recruitment windows. And I'm not saying we haven't, by the way but exceptional recruitment windows that are now performing well. But then this is the championship. Yesterday, Hull beat Leicester and Stoke, who you know I think are going to be a top six side, get beaten. Um, And and Norwich lost at Rotherham. So this is the championship, right? And this is why we love it. You just can't predict it. And I think ultimately the top six teams may not be the best teams, just like Luton weren't last year, but the teams are able to be most consistent. Um, And we'll see what we're all about. Uh, so player ratings. Um, so Sarkic, I think, uh, was an he, he wasn't my man of the match, but I think he deserves an honourable honourable mention for a penalty save and for one decent save in the second half. Um, so he, he, he deserves a bit of a mention. Uh, I'll probably give him a, um, a seven and a half, eight out of ten. Um, my man of the match. Uh, I, I'm probably gonna give it a tie. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Norton Cuffey. I thought Norton Cuffey was really, really bright. He just he just wants to get forward and beat players. I think he he he's probably not hundred percent fit, but he still has that athleticism about him. Um I really liked yesterday. I, I thought he most things that were bright from us came from him he's just got a really good attitude as well. I think you can tell he's eager to learn, develop and progress and he's been caught up to under 21. So he would be uh, one of my men in the matches. The other one would be Ryan Leonard. I think that Ryan Leonard has had a very good start to the season. He looks at home in that new right centre-back role. He brings a calming presence, almost a bit of a leadership presence as well. His throw-ins are useful as are Wes Harding's. We've now got two genuine long throws. Um, he is a lot quicker. He can carry the ball. I think he's, I know obviously we, we, we laugh and joke and take the piss, but he is like a new signing in a way, if we can keep him fit. I guess the hope is him adopting that kind of position as opposed to being in the centre of the park, that he can, he can be fitter for longer. Because uh, if he is fit for the season, he's a very, very good player at this level in that role, in my opinion. So my joint man of the match is Ryan Leonard. Um, uh, for his overall game, Obviously, I'm lucky not to get that goal. And then, you know, the the tackle after the penalty, which I don't think should be underestimated. thought um, well, Cooper was okay. Uh, so, oh, by the way, uh, Norton Cuffey and Leonard, i will probably give them both um, uh, an eight, eight and a half. Um, Cooper, um, I don't know what he's doing for the penalty. Other than that, I thought he was okay. I'll give him a six. Um, Hutch, only played sort of 20 minutes. Harding, I'll talk more about Harding. So I think Hardin, you saw the best and worst of him in that, in that I know he only plays sort of sixty, seventy minutes. He is he almost I can't I don't know how to explain it. When he's sort of jogging, he actually looks like he doesn't move very freely and that he looks quite slow and sluggish. But when he turns into a sprint, he's rapid actually. Uh, and, it, and it's it's um there was a couple of times one time in the corner where the ball was pumped forward he beat the defender to it and cleared up with it and and, and sort of and, and got rid of it and i think he's going to be a player that through his his physical attributes i think he's going to be uh, a bit of an asset and i think he will be a decent backup um, but then at the same time uh, he made one crunching tackle got up and made another one but it was a horrendously timed tackle and and got a book in and i think sometimes his decision making at times he was trying to push on when he was leaving like players behind him and stuff like that. So I think physically he's going to be quite a good um, uh, player. I think he brings leadership to the group as well um, and professionalism. So I I thought he was pretty good. Actually, I'll give him a seven Um, uh, Murray Wallace. I thought grew into the game. Actually, I thought he had a a bit of a dodgy start, but actually I think he grew into the game to me. He's not a left wing back. Um, and I think Ryan Longman could be could potentially be an answer. Ryan Longman ends up coming on for him and, and showed some sort of bright, you know, um, so, some impetus to try and get forward. And Beyond he looks quite quick. Um, but Murray Wallace played there, um, gives us an option there. And he'll always do a, a job, right? Murray Wallace, we know what he's about. Um, but i will probably give him a sort of six and a half. Maybe seven might be a bit too much. Uh, the two, two, two central midfielders, it's weird because I've read on various socials that they thought Billy Mitchell was outstanding. Some of our fans thought he was poor yesterday. So I actually think it was in between. I don't I don't think my view is as is, is is as extreme as either of those. I thought he was okay. I thought Savile was probably better of the two. Um oh I don't know, actually. He sort of faded out a little bit towards the end. I probably both give them a, give them both a seven. I thought they were I didn't really notice too much that they did. That doesn't mean to say that um They weren't good or they were bad or indifferent. Um, I probably wasn't paying as much of attention yesterday as I normally would with these games, but they were okay. Um, Fleming, um, I've got a feeling this one's going to go over my normal sort of 30-minute slot, but Zian Fleming. So what do you do with Zian Fleming? He is quite clearly a very, very talented player. We rejected, you know, probably upwards of 10 million for him. In hindsight, should we have done? Um, Is it that he is just going for a bad patch of form? Or does he not want to be there anymore? Uh, Or is it not necessarily he doesn't want to be there, but ultimately, we're all human. If if you're uh, whoever you work for now, if you were told that, you know, one of the competitors wanted to pay you three times as much, but your current employer wouldn't let you go, It's going to play with your head. It will. I'm sorry. We're all human. It's going to. Um, And I think that maybe that's affected him. Now the window's shut. I felt maybe yesterday he'll be better. But there's something not quite right there. I guess maybe the international break comes maybe at a good time for him. I wouldn't take him out of the team just yet, but I don't think he's got long left before we do. Um, He's not taking the throw-ins and free kicks anymore. They've gone to other players. Obviously, Nesbitt scored yesterday. Um so I think we need to just watch this space because he he's he's a quality player. We know that, but he's just... And we know he has a tendency to go missing during games. We know that, but it's just he's not really having any impact in the game at all. Um, so that's Ian Fleming. I thought Bradshaw and Nisbet, again, I think they're going to take time, but they're going to strike up a nice partnership. Bradshaw does all a lot of the hard work. Nisbet has an air class around him. A few things he tried yesterday didn't come off, but ultimately he scored our goal. Uh, free kick, two and two. I think, he, I think um, he is now our main man, actually. Um, I think, you know, he has got some some obvious quality. I think he's a really good pickup for just over a million quid or whatever we paid for him. And, um, you know, he, he's our main man at the moment. You know, he's the one that's taking the free kicks, scoring the goals, not Zian Fleming anymore. So, um, but how nice would it be to have both of them on for eh? me? Um, and then just a, a little bit of a mention for uh alan campbell so he came on uh with about 15 to go um looked very leggy in <laughs> 15 minutes he looked like he'd been on the piss the night before um so I, I don't know whether he just isn't fit from not playing at luton it's weird because i've read a lot of uh, interviews with players that played with him and they all say how professional and how fit and athletic and how he's the best trainer so maybe He's fit, but just not match fit. Maybe that's what it is. Don't know. But um, I just want to use this opportunity to say I'm delighted to have signed him. I think he he's sort of that general, that bit of an arsehole in midfield that Saville can be. But I think Alan Campbell is going to be a really good addition. I do find it weird that we prioritise budget to bring in four, in my opinion, very good championship midfielders with Denor and Campbell. I don't think you can turn down an opportunity to sign Campbell if it's there and it works for us financially. He's at a contracted end of the season. who knows he's only 25 good experience at this level. So I think it's a brilliant sign. And when I saw that was potentially happening, I was absolutely buzzing. Um, and then finally the, the other sub was uh, remain essay came on, but didn't have a chance to impact the game. Danny Mac was nice to see him back out there. I think what you saw was the difference between Norton Cuffey and Danny Mac when Danny Mac came on, um, Danny Mack was very, very good defensively, but never looked to get beyond that. And that might've been down to instruction. I don't know, but um, he's not, he hasn't got that pace to burn that kind of, that, you know, that forward thinking. It might be confidence, who knows, but I think it will really help us having the option of uh, probably a better defender in Danny Mack and someone who's more attack minded in that role uh, in Brooke Norton Cuffey. And I think hopefully they can kind of learn off each other, which would which would be good for all parties. So, um and then that's it I think you know just to quickly touch on the transfer window I was gutted that we didn't manage Kiefer Moore over the line Um, I don't know anything but from what I've read it looks like the, the Pats and Dakar move falling through um, from Leicester to Bournemouth meant that they couldn't let Kiefer Moore out which is a shame maybe we go back in from in January because I've always liked Kiefer Moore um, it's funny because on, on the drive up to the wedding you know it was announced that uh, he'd signed and I was like key for more that that could be the missing link going forwards you know that that sort of plan b that target man you know the the more mobile matt smith that i've been saying for a while that we needed and then it obviously fell through and all of a sudden you don't have key for more and hutch is injured and you're like all of a sudden that's two you know very very different um different outcomes so maybe we'll go back in from in january um But nonetheless, so look, I've I've gone on for a little bit long here. What I would say is, I think before the game, I'd have taken a point with Birmingham's form and the optimism at the club. I think a point's a good result. But after about twenty minutes, I really felt that they were there for the taking. And I think if it wasn't for, um, if our fitness levels were a little bit better and maybe we some of the substitutions were slightly different, which were some of them were enforced. We have to give you know Rowett the. The, the benefit of the doubt there, then maybe we could have gone and won the game. But it's not the end of the world. An average start. And I think, we, you know, we've had five fairly difficult fixtures. Not that there's any easy ones in this league. And we go again after an international break against Leeds. So look, I'll leave it there. Hope you've had a great weekend. Look forward to seeing you down then for the Leeds game. Enjoy your international break. and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.